think I'm a little nervous. Man, oh man. Um, ATP Podcast, is that still our name? Are we still the same people? How long's it been? Three, four weeks, maybe. Oh, man. I, let me say this. I think we chose a great time for the whole studio to fall apart. It's a very slow part of the year, right? Um, it's your boy, Jay. Mark Figueroa, I can still roll my R's, is here. Um, and... Sorry about the absence. Um, my MacBook I've used to make podcasts and music for 10 years uh, went kaput and I tried to fix it. I tried to Frankenstein it. We're using a new computer and it sounds even better. Yes, it does. It sounds clean and clear. So I'm pretty excited about today. And I think you've got 10 hours worth of content, right? <laughs> Yes, uh, but I've tried to condense it as much as I can. No, no need. We owe them. (laughs) All right, man. So uh, where do we start today? What's on your mind? What did we miss? How's your life? Who are you? We missed a lot, actually. Mm. So I'm going to do a quick recap, which is interesting. So we know that Garbina Muguruza won the WTA finals. She is the first Spanish player in the women's tour to win the WTA finals. Wow. So I thought that was an interesting stat. You have um, Russia, who mm. won Davis Cup. Are you surprised? No, their team is pretty loaded yeah. with Karatsev and Rublev and Hashinov and Medvedev. Insane. And who would have thought? Who would have yeah. thought Russia would be this loaded? Right. Yeah. It's it's They're close to the Spanish Armada. They are. They're very close. And for Davis Cup, they're right where they need to be. Yes. Solid four. So... The interesting stat there is that Nadal in 2019 won the U.S. Open and Davis Cup. Mm-hmm. So Medvedev won the U.S. Open and Davis Cup. Beautiful. So I thought that was a pretty interesting stat. That is. And then we have uh, Korda, sorry, Alcaraz mm-hmm. won the, um, Milan. Yeah. Beating Sebastian Korda in the finals. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Big year for him. Big yes. year for him. He's a nominated for the up and comer. That is a a topic for today. I think we should have right. our our rookies and who they are, what they did. And I want to hear your choice. Yes, because you brought up the majority of them pretty early. So there's some things to discuss there. Yes. So first, we're going to start with. Let me see. Uh, there's some hot choices here. So. Yes, we're going to start with our toilet breaks. The end of the. The thing of the past. Mm. Well, the ATP decided that starting next year, they will be the thing of the past. So what they're going to do is you're allowed to take one toilet break each set. Mm-hmm. It's going to be at the end of the set. And then mm. once you get to the bathroom, you have a three-minute time limit. It starts as soon as you get to the bathroom. Mm. And then after three minutes, there's code violations if you miss. What are your thoughts on that? It's aggressive, and I like it. Um, Also, make sure... I mean, I feel all athletes know this, even down to a high school varsity level. You take your... uh, We'll call it your pregame S-word. I don't know how young (laughs) the listeners are. You always do that before you go to play. You know, there's no reason 
to be in the bathroom that long. I, in my whole life of playing competitive sports, I don't, I don't know if I remember. I think I took one bathroom break, like mid game, like it was the middle of a game, and that was when I played basketball, and I was like thirteen, you know. <laughs> so like, I, you're sweating, you're constantly sweating. Bathroom breaks. The only reason I understand it for professional tennis is because of how sweaty they get. You need to change clothes. But as you know, we see the players changing in their chair in front of the crowd. Yes. So I don't think that three minutes is unreasonable. Um, I'm a fan of the rule. Yes, I was going to get to that as well. They're sweating. They shouldn't be going to the bathroom to begin with. Yeah. And um, we all know that they use this for a tactic to begin with. Yeah. And I believe that the changing of clothes and actually using the facilities is a completely rule. Yeah. But... And then the other thing that the ATP is trying to do is limit the time on medical timeouts. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been passed yet, but they're trying to do three-minute medical timeouts as well. Hey, that's so, a tricky one for me. So they're talking about that one. It hasn't been passed. Okay. But I think that that's a very good rule. So mm. Sissy Pass can no longer pull his gibberish. He's changed tennis history. Yes. Good for him. Without winning a single match, he pulled that off. Yes. So a little bit more on Sissy Pass. After the ATP finals, he had elbow surgery. And mm. I was shocked that he is going to compete in Australia in 2022. In about two and a half months, he's, he's going to compete in January. He had it in November. Wow. Are, are you shocked? And do you think that it's going to hinder his performance in Australia? Uh Let's talk about other people who had elbow surgery in professional tennis. Um, Djokovic. Yeah, Djokovic to me was better afterwards. His serve was, right? Um, So I'm going to be optimistic here and I'm going to say that it's going to be a good thing. Um, Recovery times from surgeries and stuff are getting retarded fast. It's getting insane. So just for for, uh, prep or point of reference here i um i've broken my a bone in my leg two different times in my life the first time i was like seven or eight years old i was put in a big ass cast i didn't walk for months i it felt like forever before i walked again broke my leg again in high school all i was thinking was i'm not about to walk for a year dude they're like you should be out there running around in about three or four months i was like what are you sure? Like, I, I was doubting the doctor. Like, look, I've done... This is my first rodeo, buddy. Like, I'm pretty sure you need to let me sit out longer. No. The way they change, the way they do surgeries, the way that they set up your healing process and all that, I didn't really have a cast. I went into surgery. They put me in a boot, you know, and it healed up, and I was walking slowly on crutches before I knew it. So, I want to say that it's too soon, but who am I to say it's too soon, you know? Djokovic took five, six months to fully recover. He was Mm. struggling. That's when he had Agassi as his coach. Mm. And he just wasn't getting the job done. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be the same thing with Sissy Pass. That's Mm. why I'm, whoa, he's competing this fast. So we'll just have to see what happens. Sounds good. Moving on. WTA player takes a break. Now, we've had this conversation with Naomi Osaka about mental health. Mm. Well, we also have another U.S. Open champion who's going to take a break 
due to mental health. Mm. Bianca Andrescu. She said that the past two years have been lagging for her, that she doesn't have the commitment that she had. She also said that because of the coronavirus and having to go to cities and uh, the quarantining, that it got to her mentally. Mm -hmm. So she says she's going to take a break. She didn't give a specific timeline, but she says that she will be back and better than ever. What are your thoughts on Bianca Andreescu's decision? It just seems like she isn't on courts all that often. Um, I'm a big fan of her play style, the way she plays tennis. I think she's a great athlete. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give her the Osaka comparison, but, you know, I'm also a fan of the way Osaka plays. But it's just like, hey, get on the court, you know. I don't don't understand it. I don't understand these long hiatuses, these – mental health breaks when you only played six months out the year if that um what happened why is she so stressed what do you think it is the coronavirus makes sense the quarantine that makes sense yeah i was going to bring up benoit pair okay i think that what he's doing throwing tamperms just uh, wanting to lose in the first round Mm -hmm. i think it's probably his way of coping with what's going on right so it makes sense if that's the legit reason why she's taking a break it, mm-hmm. i understand yeah so other than that maybe she's had uh, stuff in the past that we don't know about mm-hmm. and she really hasn't addressed it so okay she just seems to me like a strong person so i'm a little puzzled by all this but you know like you said maybe there's truly something happening so yes mm. so <clears throat> moving on Huge WTA star out of the Australian Open. Today, Serena Williams announced that her team decided for her not to play in the Australian Open in 2022. Mm. She has not played a match since the slip at Wimbledon in this year. What are your thoughts on Serena Williams? <sighs> um, I, I don't want to tr- attribute this to the decline or the age um, I'm just going to hope that her team is really trying to reevaluate and recalibrate because to be honest with you, just a year ago, she looked fantastic. She came out looking very fit and strong and slender, hit the Australian and made it to what quarter semis somewhere around there and then just lost to a better player. She lost to Osaka. Um, and I'm curious where her head is at, why she doesn't want to be at this tournament. Because if she's anywhere near the condition that she was last year, this is a wide open slam for her. So I, I'm taking it seriously if they're not playing in this tournament. I don't. I still don't really know the injury, mm-hmm. but it must have been severe for her to be missing six months of the year yeah. and not playing at the Australian Open. Right. So we don't know what the severity of her injury is, but it must be a tough one. Yeah. She doesn't miss slams casually. So no. I, I assume it's definitely serious. Yeah, she'll miss uh, Masters 1000s, but not a slam. Mm-hmm. Especially since she's trying to uh, time or pass marker court. So mm. moving on, <clears throat> the WTA awards. Now we have Carla Suarez Navarro, who was the comeback player of the year. Mm. There's no surprise there with the Lick. Lick Linkhashmis lymphoma mm-hmm. and her retiring. It, it makes a lot of sense why that was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you agree with that pick? I like it. 
I like it. I'm a fan of her as a player, and that's no joke, man. Yeah. That's no joke, so. For her to come back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I give it to her there. We have a Krishkova, who is the most improved player of the year. She won the French Open, mm-hmm. and then she won the doubles French Open as well. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on her being the most improved player of the now, year? Maybe I'm ignorant, but it feels like she came out of the smoke for this win. Like, I, who are you? You know, so absolutely, you know, to literally come out of this is as if like I won U.S. Open next year. That's what it feels like. You know, like, where did this guy come from? So, yeah, I mean, what better story could I think of besides... You know, like some kid out of high school doing it or something, you know, this is great. So, yeah, I agree with that one. Is there a better candidate, you think? I was going to say Sakari with her semifinals. Mm. She made it to the French Open semifinal, U.S. Mm. Open semifinal. Uh, Mm. She's had deeper runs better than ever in her career. Mm. So, but I guess the fact that Krishkova won the French Open... I think the gap between where Krishkova was to where she got is bigger. Yes. You know, that's what it is. So. Right. So, I guess that makes sense. I, to me, if it wasn't her, it'd be Sakari for sure. Okay. Then we have a newcomer of the year, which is Radikanyu. Mm-hmm. Now, you're talking about out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Her Wimbledon a withdrawal because of anxiety. Mm-hmm. She was outside the top 200 in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, she's top 30 mm-hmm. just won the u.s open uh first qualifier to do so i don't think there's a better pick than her for there's newcomer not. of the year there's no way i can't even make an argument for anybody it's not even close and the fact that she got so far in wimbledon then did what she did is just further proof that she's here to stay so i'm expecting big things from her the only one that can maybe come close is layla fernandez yeah. who also had a big a year, but lost to Radicani, right? Yeah, lost yeah. to Radicani. So, you know, so she can't have it. So the doubles is going to be Krishkova and Sinukova. That's the team that won the French Open, mm-hmm. and uh, they've been doing really well as well. So I don't see anybody else better than them as a doubles team. Me either. And then the WTA Player of the Year is going to be Ash Barty. Are you shocked? by her do you see anybody better than her as the player of the year i can't only because she has result results um if i were to just pick someone where i just went wow they put in you could see the effort they put into their season it would be soccery like i i could visually see the work she put in when she was on the court so that would be like my honorary mention but yeah i mean barty Barty was a true number one this year. Yes. So, you know, you have to respect that because especially the way the WTA rankings have been, it's been tough to find like a through in, throughout all surface world number one that held their guns. So I love it. Yes. Now, the ATP awards haven't been introduced yet, mm. but they we have the nominees for, for certain categories. Now, the one that's interesting to me is Djokovic's coach for Coach of the Year was mm. not nominated for Coach of the Year. Hmm. Djokovic won three of the four Grand Slams. Are you shocked that Djokovic's coach is not nominated for Coach of the Year? Uh, I would, if I were that coach, I would take that personal. Um, I'd be like, what, what, what could I do different for you? <laughs> you know, like. But here's the thing: um, 
when you're partnered with a player who has done what Djokovic has done for a decade, a decade now, um, people don't look at the coach so much. Although I do consider him a nominee. You're not going to get that same credit. And this is a... This is kind of like if, let's say, uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls were playing, right? And they win a ring last year. They lose one of their lead bench players. And you come in and they win another ring. No one's talking about you. Even if you were getting subbed in every game, putting in 20 minutes a game, putting up a few points and rebounds, no one's going to say, hey, that new guy that came off the bench. You know, it's just you just got you're a cog that was put in a well-oiled machine already, you know? And who's to say that without that cog, everything wouldn't fall apart? We don't know. But we'll never be able to give him his respect until he's gone. So it's it's tough on him. It's unfortunate. I respect him, but Djokovic has been a machine for a decade, you know? So, And his first slam was in 2009? Yeah. And 2011 in was his breakthrough year? Yeah. Sorry, man. There's other coaches where we visually, kind of like Sakari, we saw the work. Some coaches, we were able to see their coaching, what it did visually. Djokovic was doing a lot of things that he's always done and just consistently doing them even better. So, Okay, since you brought that up, uh, Vida was Djokovic's coach when he broke through. Was he? Yes. Oh, we'll see. In that case, he might need a few awards. <laughs> he might deserve it a couple times, you know? So, Well, to me... Since it's not Djokovic, it's going to have to be Medvedev's coach who should get coach of the year. Yeah. Especially since he just beat the big three and he stopped Djokovic from winning the Grand Slam. Do you agree with that? A thousand percent because they beat the unbeatable. You know, that was the undeniable favorite. And uh, also, I want you to keep in mind, they met earlier this year and it's up to Medvedev and that coach to make the adjustments to change the outcome in the next time they meet on a big stage. So huge, huge respect for that. Yeah. Um, are we going to kind of run through all the nominees for this award? Uh, you can, but those mm. that, to me, that was the clear-cut favorite. Yeah. Um, Alcaraz's coach. Yeah. Um, Nori. Rude. And Craig Boynton's coach. All right. Craig Boynton, Herbert Hercock's coach. Yes. Who's actually uh that might, be, come up. that might be my next pick. Um, just because he's one of those players where I don't think it was just his game doing what he did, you know. It could be between Hercotch and Rudd mm-hmm. after Medvedev. Yeah. To tell you the truth. Yeah, easily. Um what which award do you want to talk about next? The uh, up and comer of the year. All right, let's do the boring one next. Okay. Um you tell me which one of these sounds the most boring. There's comeback player of the year, most improved player of the year, newcomer of the year, sportsmanship award. Yeah, the sportsmanship award most likely is going to go to Nadal. Uh, to me, the the one that has a lot of uh, nominees that can actually win it is the newcomer of the year. I okay. think I think that the most improved most likely is going to go to Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ones I think are pretty much straight up. Okay, I'll go over the nominees, and then I'll tell you if you're wrong. (laughs) Newcomer of the year, Sebastian Baez, Jensen Brooksby, Juan Manuel Sarandolo, Hugo Gaston, Brendan Nakashima. 
Um, who's your pick? Brooksby is to me the that's big my pick, pick also. Yeah, that's my big pick too. The other guys seem like they kind of had their little sparky moments, but no one really stayed on my radar the way Brooksby did. Yes. And I actually heard other great respected athletes talking about Brooksby. Right. Uh, so that's what really makes him stand out. Um, this one, you just said it, but this one's really to me like this is the one from the first years in a while where there's some great candidates. Um, for most improved player of the year, we have Alcaraz, Karatsev, Nori, and Rude. Yeah, th- that's a tough one. That's tough because it's easy for you to say Rude or Alcaraz because of how great their second half of the year was. Karatsev's first half of the year was heavy. Yes. Um, he looked incredible against incredible players consistently for, I think, three months, four months. Yes. Um, so... I'm going to go against the grain and say Karetsev. I can see that. I, I want to be mad if you pick Karetsev. Yeah, on top of, you know, Davis Cup. Yes. Yeah, beautiful year. Beautiful yes. year. Um, you, I'm assuming you're going either Rudd or Alcaraz. No, I'd probably pick... Honestly, I'm going to go either uh, Karetsev or maybe Rudd. Okay. Because Alcaraz, he, he was just at the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. to whereas Rudd was more consistent. Yeah, he was. Throughout Since the, the clay year. season, yes. right? Right. Yeah, he had a great clay season, and then he carried it with him, which yes. blew me away. Comeback player of the year. These are going to be the names that we know and love, or know and know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kakanakis, Mackenzie McDonald, Andy Murray, and Jack Sock. I know you're going to go with Jack Sock. Hell no. But with me, it's going to be Murray. It's Murray All the way. by a landslide. Yes. Andy Murray blew my mind. Some of the matches he played and the people he beat. The, some of our uh, rookies of the year, like our best breakout players, he beat them. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just showing you that the youth is, you know, they're not outrunning him. He, no. he looks great out there. So, I think that sums up the ATP nominees. Correct. Yeah, that I actually really like these. I'm looking forward to seeing the results on these awards. Um, it's been a good year for tennis yes. coming off of 2020. I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, absolutely. Moving on, Nadal breaks another record. Now, this is just speaking about his longevity. He has 17 years in the top 10. Mm-hmm. 17 years. He just broke Connor's record of 16 years in the top 10. What are your thoughts on the longevity of Nadal? It doesn't make any sense. Um, the way he plays, if you would have asked me who in the big three was going to be gone first, I might have bet money it would be Nadal. I might have. Um, it's outrageous to me that he's still playing at a high level, undeniably. If it weren't for Djokovic, which is obviously a big if, um, he might be the best player in the world at some points during the year. You know, he'd be the number one favorite for three months out the year, you know. So, yeah, he's uh, he's still, to me, a threat. And if he's able to find a way to take this next French Open, um, staple him as potentially at least in that moment the greatest player in history if he can take one more french open the longevity 17 years in the top 10 that's crazy connor's played a ton as well he played mm. past his 40s 
Yeah. And the fact that Nadal's this consistent when he was 19. Yeah. A teenager to mm-hmm. now, that's just amazing. Yeah, with how physical he is. Right. Know, he's a very physical, dog-like fighter. So that's that's wild. I mean, he doesn't have like the flexibility of a Djokovic or the grace of a Federer, but he's right there with him going yes. all the way. So Yeah, it's just amazing. Yes. Now the last topic, which is an extremely controversial one. The WTA makes a stand. Now we have Shui from China who accused a official, a Chinese official, of having sexual relations. Mm-hmm. And ever since she's made that stand, she sort of disappeared. Mm-hmm. We've had the Chinese media who's controlled by China. It, it, it's a monopoly. It's mm-hmm. communism. So they're putting whatever they want on TV. Mm-hmm. So there have been places to where they're claiming that she's seen, but the WTA, or we don't know if it's real or not. Mm-hmm. The, so the WTA decided to take all tournaments out of China. So there will not be tournaments at all in China, Hong Kong as well. Wow. So that is a huge stand. Mm-hmm. And then in the Biden, mm-hmm. President Biden, mm-hmm. He will not send officials to the Beijing Olympics in 2022. Wow. Uh, their athletes are still able to compete, mm-hmm. but no U.S. officials are going to go. Insane. What are your thoughts on the WTA stand? Um, I think ATP should take some notes. You know, uh, this is pretty impressive. Um, it seems like it was swiftly done quickly done and they're making a statement whether you agree or disagree that's on you but i respect it i like to see a fist put down you know like make a statement and do what you feel this whole willy-nilly oh they're doing that over there we're doing this over here you know why do we have an organization if we aren't organized and working in unison together so i like it um i'm a fan of it and i don't fully understand what's happening or what went wrong but it seems like they do, and they took a stand, so I'm going to support it. Now, the, the, the sorry, not the WNBA. The NBA has taken a lot of flack because they accepted big deals with China. Mm-hmm. So we have um, senators just going down the NBA's throats. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you guys don't believe in human rights, this and this. You're right. So it's, it's heavy. The NBA is notorious for... Really poor things happening culturally to people and stuff like that. And the NBA just kind of, you know, just they have short term memory. Right. So, you know, I'm not surprised by that, which makes the WTA even more impressive. Right. The fact that they took that stand and as you stated, it was swiftly, fast, mm-hmm. quick. Yep. And they just did what they did. They didn't wait for social media to make them do it. You know, I don't, I don't know if social media even had a chance to make them do it. So there's going to be huge, huge ramifications with sponsors. The sponsors mm-hmm. aren't going to be happy. The WTA could probably get sued, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they, the fact that they did it, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So congrats to them. So that concludes this four-week hiatus. Welcome back. And I hope you guys were entertained. This was ATP episode 79. See you